Good to uh, see you today. How are we doing with our Christmas shopping? We done? Anybody? Done? Done? No, there's a few. There's a few, yeah. Did you get that email? Like I ordered some stuff, right? And then I get this email like yesterday, like it's going to be here January 8th. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, we are in uh, week three uh, of our series entitled The Wonder uh, of Christmas. And today we're going to uh, study about the love that God has for us. You, you know, curiosity may have killed the cat, but being curious is one of the traits that can help us experience the love of God and the relationship that God wants us to enjoy with him. Staying curious when we read the stories of the Bible, like the birth narrative of Mary and the baby Jesus, can open a new perspective, new understandings of the wonder of Christmas. In the video, the actress who played the angel for the nativity scene modeled for us this morning some very curious questions that engage our minds and our hearts with the texture of the Christmas story that perhaps we normally might not think about. Like how did Mary share the news of her pregnancy with her parents. What, what was she feeling? How did such a divine message from the angel to this teenage mother-to-be to impact the way she related to God? Well, what did a command not to be afraid really do to her internal fears? That, that must have, she must have been experiencing in those days of being pregnant. These are all curiosities that we as humans can relate to, uh, to the humanity of the people in the story. Which can relate and impact how we interact with God. One of those observations we can make in the wonder of Christmas is expressed through the fact that God made the first move by loving us and sending his son named Jesus. The disciple John wrote some pretty bold realities about the love that we can have in our lives because of the love of God that he gives to us. Realities like the one in 1 John 4.19 which says, we love because he loved us first. The love of God. The love that, that, that God had for people compelled him to make the first move towards people that he, that, that he came in the form of a baby for. And he came near to us because he wanted a relationship with us. That would enable us to love him back like he desires to be loved by his creation. 
God made the move to choose Mary as the mother of his only begotten son, in part because she could be trusted with such a task, but also because of the way that Mary must have loved God with all of her heart, with all of her soul, and with all of her mind. One of the most natural ways that two beings who who love one another cultivate relationship is by communicating with one another. And and part of the nature and, and the character of God is that he longs to be communicated with by those whom he loves. Right, The infinite God wants to hear from a finite creation of humanity. So if we're to have this authentic and growing relationship with God, we must be able to ask some curious questions about life. And I think God is okay with that. Right, Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. See, God invited Jeremiah and all who heard to come to him in in a faith-filled prayer. The, The promise is especially remarkable considering the circumstances. Right, they were enduring the terror of a takeover and soon fulfillment of promised judgment. And as the judgment was even at the door, God spoke a word of hope and of love. An invitation to Jeremiah in Jerusalem to communicate with him. To call on him with our questions through prayer. This is where our love is bound to grow as we ask and we wait for his response. And when we are uncertain and when we are afraid and annoyed and defeated about what the next steps are we we are to take in life. We are invited as his creation to call on him as our creator. God wants to hear from us. He he wants us to share with him in prayer whatever questions we might have. He is approachable and concerned with connecting with us because he loves us. And, And remember, he loved us what? First, now we get the opportunity to love God back relationally through communicating with him about our fears and and our anxieties and all of that kind of stuff. So whether you're a first century Jewish teenage girl trying to understand how you were just chosen to be the mother of the Messiah... Or you're a 21st century person trying to figure out life with God in the midst of your circumstances. Know that God loves you this Christmas. You ever thought about what your favorite part of the Christmas story is? Is it Mary's story? Is it the story of Joseph or the shepherds or the wise men? I don't know about you, but I like the whole Christmas story, and and I like a couple of verses that normally we don't think about as like Christmas verses. That these words were spoken more than 30 years after Christmas by Jesus, and and he was talking about Christmas when he said this in John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that that he gave his only son, that, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here's what I would love for you to consider about Christmas and God's love this morning. Go ahead and take your note sheets out. You can follow along with me. Number one is that Christmas is an expression of God's love. Right? God so loved the world. God didn't have to create the world, but he did. And after creating us, he could have left us to our own devices, but he didn't. He sent Jesus into the world to show us who God is, right? To teach us truth, to save us. Why? So, so that we could have eternal life. So, so that we could be with him forever. That's what he wants the most. And this is a simple reason why Jesus came into the world. Because God loves you and me. And not just in a formal academic sense. He loves us with the kind of love that, that you can feel. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save and he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love and he will exult over you with loud singing. The, the verse tells us that God rejoices over us. Right? He takes delight in us. God even sings about us. Right? Have you ever thought about that one? When the angels announced the birth of Christ to the shepherd boys on that Christmas night, what did they say? Luke 2, verses 13 and 14, they said, And suddenly that there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom... He is pleased. Did you catch that? that? That last part? With whom he is pleased. That, that the God of the Bible, that that's the God that Jesus came to reveal. Christmas shows us that, 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 that a God whose, whose arms are open wide, he's well pleased. Then secondly, Christmas is an expression of God's generosity. God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Well, what did he give? Well, he gave his only begotten son. And, and, and he did it because that's what we needed. When, when the angels announced the birth of Jesus, they, they said, you will remember from last week in Luke 2.11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He gave us a Savior because we needed to be saved. Right? Sin had separated us from God. Isaiah 53.6 says, well, all like, like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. And, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, just look at the news today. Just look on the internet and we can see the effects of sin in our society. Right? We can look at our own lives and figure out the effects of sin. Right? Just on an individual level. We are people that are bent towards unreconciliation. Right? We need a Savior. That's why the angel told Joseph that a son would be born to his wife to be Mary. 
And he says in Matthew 1.21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. That's why on a night long ago in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior was born. Again, because we need a Savior. Not only the angels call him Savior, but they also called him Christ. Right? It's the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. The coming Messiah had been promised throughout the Old Testament. And now the angels were saying, the promise is a reality. The word Messiah means God, God's anointed, right? Or, or the chosen one. Jesus came not to save us from our, not only to save us from our sins, but to lead us into a life of freedom. In the first sermon that he preached, this is what Jesus said about why he came into the world in Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind. He set liberty to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The one who's speaking in this passage is the anointed one, right? The Messiah, the Christ. The word anoint there means to rub or sprinkle on, apply an ointment or oily liquid to. Right? Persons in the Old Testament were often literally anointed with oil. For, for example, the priests were anointed for the special service to the Lord in Exodus 28. Literal oil was applied, right, as a sign of, of the Holy Spirit upon their life and service. And the oil on the head was the only outward representation of a real spiritual work going on the inside of them. And in this prophecy, the Messiah announced, he came to heal the damage that sin brings. And sin does do great damage, by the way. So there must be a great work of redemption. Right? He, he came to preach the gospel to the poor, because sin impoverishes and the Messiah brings good news to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Sin breaks hearts. And the Messiah has good news for the brokenhearted. He came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Because sin makes people captive and enslaves them. And the Messiah comes to set them free. He came to give sight to the blind because sin blinds us. And the Messiah comes to heal our spiritual and our moral blindness. He came to set liberty to those who are oppressed because sin oppresses its victims. And the Messiah comes to bring liberty to the oppressed. And, and we are a people who are bent towards captivity. And even some of you that are here today are, are, are slaves to your past. You're, you're slaves to fear or addiction or poverty or, or, or destructive relationship. We are a people bent towards captivity. And I want you to know that Jesus came to set you free. He came to give you victory. Because he is the anointed liberator. And the angel called his sa angels called him Savior and they called him the Christ. And they called him Lord. The angels were saying this little child will grow up to be more than just a man, more than just a prophet, more than just a good teacher, 
This little boy, this little child is worthy of our worship and our praise. That's why the Bible says this about the Magi in Matthew 2.11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Now, notice Jesus here is called a child, likely because at this point he was probably somewhere between uh, the age of 6 and 18 months. Joseph, Joseph was probably at work or, or he just wasn't there so that the wise man wouldn't mistake him for the true father of the child. And when the angel told Mary she would give birth to a son, he said in Luke 1, 32 and 33, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And my point is this. My point is that God gave us more than just a man to follow. He gave us himself, Jesus, who is the very essence of God. He is and always will be Lord. Jesus is with us, and he will always be with us. In Christ, we see the God who, who, whose arms are open wide. Christmas is an expression of God's giving nature. And he's given us exactly what we need, a Savior, Christ the Lord. That leads us to the third thing that I want you to consider this morning. And that is, is that Christmas is an expression of God's mercy. Regardless of what you might have heard from critics of Christianity, regardless of what you might have heard from some that are misinformed, God is not out to get you. Right? He doesn't want to judge or condemn you or punish you. Verse 17 of the Gospel of John chapter 3, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus has revealed the heart of God the Father in sending God the Son right to bring salvation, to, to rescue us, to give us hope and healing to the world through him. Do you know what mercy means? Textbook definition is compassion or forgiveness shown towards somebody whom it is within one's own power to punish or harm. Right? Like God could punish and condemn each and every one of us, but instead he offers us eternal life through Jesus. Everyone who reaches out to him, everyone who calls on his name can experience new life. His miraculous mercy. Paul said in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't deserve it, but we can receive it. Christmas reminds us that God's mercy is extended to those that will receive it. David said this in Psalms 103, verses 10 through 12. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. David knew about the slow anger and abounding mercy of God personally. He, he knew that his sins deserved much greater judgment and discipline than, than he had received. God's mercy is good. His forgiveness is strong. 
And as far as the east is from the west, his love will never end. So what would it look like for you to open your heart and your life to Jesus this Christmas? What if you made time just to pour out your heart to the Lord and share with him everything that's on your mind today? Well, what if you communicated with God, either by writing or, or in a verbal prayer? What if you took a relational step towards God who loved you first? Here's my challenge for you today. Take a chance this Christmas. Move towards God who moved heaven and earth to come near to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to hear from you. He wants to love you in a way that will change your life from the inside out. The wonder of Christmas is waiting for you to experience God's love this year. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word today. And Father, my prayer this morning, that this Christmas in the busyness of Everything that, that we're involved in, all the activities that we're involved in over the next eight, six, seven, eight days, whatever it is, God. I pray that we would take time to communicate with you. Why? Because you first loved us. That we would pour out our heart to you. And Father, this morning we want to give thanks for your love and for your mercy. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.